1: All right, guys, welcome into another edition here of The Early Line on The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri, alongside Dane Martinez here as uh, we continue to push along, uh, getting ready to, you know, say goodbye to the month of March here for 2020. It's a good riddance here. It's, uh, to me, it's only gonna get better. And uh, 2020 has, uh, you know, kind of, uh, kind of taken a little bit of a sour note here to start the year, but the good news is, Sunny days ahead, and yes, I know I'm in Miami, which is kind of ridiculous to say sunny days ahead, but the truth is, uh, I really do think that we are close to getting back to some semblance of normalcy, and I say that, Dan, with a certain degree of, um, shall we say, positivity and assurances. You know why? Because things like uh, Major League Baseball uh, have come to an agreement on a shorter season schedule. They have come to agreement on money, um, so there's a lot of things in place there. Also, the NFL Dana, and I think this is big, the NFL had gone ahead and said, you know what, guys, uh, the draft, yeah, it's, it's happening, people. It is happening. It's on its way, so uh, some normalcy, uh, to say the least. May not be fans in stadium, but I do think we are closer to some semblance of normalcy than we were, shall we say, just a week ago.
0: Yeah, you know, earlier this week it was Major League Baseball supposed to be opening day, right? And the saying is, like, hope springs eternal when Mm -hmm. that happens, right? All 30 clubs have a chance. And that's what I think on some level people need, right, for hope. For hope to spring eternal. Part of the thing that I think is starting to grind on people, I'll consider myself, my friends, my wife, my family among them, is, like, not knowing how long this will be for, right? If we kind of move... That, hey, this is going to be a month and a half. Hey, this is three weeks. Hey, this is going to be three months. At least we can start to plan. I think what's wearing on some of the people are all the unknowns around this. We see stuff happening around us, and we don't know when we'll be able to get back to the things we love.
1: Yeah, and I think it is, again, like I said, sooner rather than later. But uh, we also have uh, some interesting uh, details about. Major League Baseball, maybe the format might be changing a little bit this year, they said, talking about uh, moving forward, maybe more teams, um, you know, starting to uh, maybe make the playoffs, kind of give it a because of the shortened season. Uh, mm-hmm. The good news is Major League Baseball has given everyone the impression and is saying that everything is on the table. Uh, so that to me, along with coming up with an agreement as far as the money and the deferment, they, we told you of course, about the uh, the draft uh, being changed, uh, going down from 10 to 5 rounds. Right. A lot of questions surrounding the money, um, you know, time, experience, you know, when does the clock start? Yeah. Um, and they've come to all of that, which tells me that, yes, they they've got a plan in place now. They've got a best case, mediocre case, and worst case scenario for the season. So they are open. They've been doing their work, which means we're going to be Baseball will be back uh, sooner than we realize. Uh, we do all know there's going to be a spring training, guys, an extended spring training. Uh, you are not dropping players uh, who have been off for a month, just dropping in there with some gloves and some bats and balls and be like, well, "Yeah, let's have the season start. Not going to happen. So at least three weeks, most likely, in a uh, and, and from what I'm hearing, in a common area, uh, whether it be Florida, Arizona. A destination that um, teams can go and can all work and get themselves going, especially given the fact that some areas, like New York, Dana, and your neck of the woods, uh, might need a little extra time there to get the ball rolling before they can even. Now, baseball has it better than other sports, than certainly the NHL and the NBA, because they're outdoor arenas. They play these games outdoors for the most part, and so that kind of changes the, the landscape, certainly, on when they can come back versus, you know, the NBA, everything is exclusively indoors. The NHL, everything indoors. So might be a little more difficult and tricky to navigate, but baseball, golf, uh, you know, NASCAR, some of those, uh, those, those sports that uh, we love that fill the gaps, I do anticipate they'll be back way sooner than later, especially universally, guys it appears that uh, doctors and scientists from all over the world, they do believe, very much like the flu, that in the summer months, when it really starts to get warm around this country, much harder for the coronavirus to spread, Um, which is great news. Obviously, that's what we're coming into. So I do think there is a healthy dose of optimism uh, for that as well, especially for those outdoor sports.
0: Yeah, you know, you talk about the outdoor sports, and I completely agree with you. May have a chance of that, you know, it may be easier to be out in the open air than in a dome or in a closed arena. Yes. Also, you know what's kind of funny, Joe, with golf and with baseball? When you're playing, you're actually keeping six feet of distance away from the next human. Like, I played center field in college, mm-hmm. Joe. And I had to find time sometimes to keep myself busy. Yep. There's no one around me, you know, drawing names with my cleats in the dirt and yep. stuff like that. So you know? true. Yep, so it's it so happens, true. Right? And the same with golf. When you're out on the 13th fairway, you know, maybe there's not people near you. Meanwhile, if you're running a pick and roll, you're bumping with about four other players.
1: Exactly school. correct. Exactly so correct. A
0: bit different. You know, I also think another part we're going to have to realize, whatever this looks like, whenever this looks like. Joe... Again, I ain't a doctor, I don't even play one on TV, but what's becoming very clear is that this is not, you know, this is not hitting us consistently across all of America. Right. Okay. This is a regional thing. So when you say like, hey, end of May, right, like New York may be in a very different situation than Kansas Mm. City, than Minnesota, than Seattle, than, you know, Arizona. And so they're going to have to consider that how they find venues or travel that's feasible, uh, given where where the stages of the bell curve is um, in different areas of this country. But you're going to have to have a spring training either way, because if you don't, we're going to see a rash of hamstring pulls, groin pulls, stuff like that, and then where we're going to be left. We're going to get going for a week or two, and then, you know, we're going to have other complications and ripple effects.
1: Yeah, it's, um, and, but it's, listen, it's, it's all It's getting there, guys. I mean, I I know even uh, in the state of New York, uh, Dane, this week, it was, you know, we were so much different than we were seven days ago. And while it seemed like it was never going to flatten or or get down, I know, uh, you know, your governor there had talked about less cases now, you know, coming into the hospitals, into the areas. He he was very optimistic over the last couple of days that, you know, it's not... um, not the same pace of people coming in. Uh, same thing down here in, uh, in Florida. So, you know, obviously with a five or six day, you know, incubation period, which everyone's talking about, us being inside for this two weeks, this 14 or 15 days, I think we're starting to see that in, uh, in some places, which is great news certainly for the folks in New York. So I do think there is, while it is scary and cert- uncertainty and nobody likes that, people love normalcy people love their routines and that's been thrown out of whack here and a lot of folks sitting inside getting cabin fever give me my sports back Uh, I can tell you across the board it does seem to be a sense listening to a lot of these folks talk that there's some optimism here Dane that um, while and I will say this again like you said we're not doctors but to me uh, pretty good at math right Uh, we keep hearing about we're blowing out the door. Like so many people have the coronavirus. More people in the U.S. than ever be. Um, that's a good thing, guys, because that means it's a hell of a lot more common than what it was first purported to be. And when you're doing 100,000 tests, Dane, obviously the more people get tested and have it, the less people are going to be dying from it. That's just a fact of reality. So the, you know, the morbidity rate, Once the, the more people have it, and who aren't, who will get over it. Not to mention, Dave, you know, we talked about pockets in this country where there's nothing there. They might've had it, they have no idea because there's a significant portion of people who actually have had it, got over it, didn't know they had it, or aren't, or, are, you know, asymptomatic. So there, to me, every day that we get uh, a little bit closer to it, and, and while the numbers continue to grow, Understand that's not a bad thing, because the more numbers it goes, the more prevalent it is, Dane, uh, the more we start to realize exactly what we're dealing with here. And uh, while it's scary for a lot of people, it's the more people that have it, believe it or not, guys, That's uh, there's a reality to that, that while well, the less people are dying that have it, and those numbers start to crunch, maybe it's a little bit more prevalent than we knew uh, ever here in the United States.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's possible. Again, you know, part of this though, Joe, is also there's going to be a spike naturally yes, as, as yep. testing ramps up, right? Yep. Because hey, people didn't know they have it or people have gotten over it. Yep. You know, we continue to learn a lot of things. I'm seeing the same stats from my governor as well. And you're right. We're talking about a slow, but Joe, we're talking about the idea of you know, doubling the amount of people going into hospitals instead of happening every two days, mm-hmm. happening every four days. Right. So, like, yeah, it's slowing, but when you take a step back in the context of what we're talking about, it still does not stop. Sound- but I
1: also think it's important, I'm un- understanding done. it's a five- or seven-day incubation period, guys, the fact that we've been indoors, the fact that you are sheltering in place, yeah. that is going to stop. I mean, that's, that's the reality. So understand what we're all doing, what we're all going through, is worth it because that will be, like you said, every four days, every six days. It's going to start dwindling, and all of this, trust me, guys, I know it's hard right now for many of you, the uncertainty, the job loss, get it, but uh, those numbers Dane just referred to, they're going to keep going down. Why? Because we're doing exactly what we're doing now. And the last thing I ever want, Dane, is people to feel like, all right, so you took away sports from me, you took away all this, I'm sitting off. I don't have the damn thing. What? Yeah, right. no, not. It's, it's working. And every day, while it, it seems a little crazy, it is crazy, but those numbers are working and heading in the, right,
0: in the right direction. Yes, I agree with you, Joe. My only word of caution is even after we pass the top of the curve, you still have to do the right things. Yes exactly in order to continue that you yes. know what I mean yes. I don't want people to hear like hey maybe we're turning a corner and think like yo let's go play some three and three pickup right now that's right. still not the move no. okay no. people but it is good to hear that maybe we're uh sort of seeing what it could look like moving on yes and, and you know our sports world is starting to give us indications whether it's being the draft going on as scheduled yep. whether it's the fact that certain events in late may have yet to be postponed or can- correct. yep or, like you're saying major league baseball starting to try to plan you know situations a b and c maybe they're starting to kind of think yep. hey time is now to start figuring it out and
1: i and i think that's uh, that's a good signal because when you have billion dollar industries like the sports leagues guys starting to from i don't know to maybe getting a little bit more narrow in scope as far as what's going on i think that is a good signal because they are not going to go against public health officials. They're not, they're not going to be the lone wolf out there saying, screw it. So um, there, it should give you at least some optimism right now, even if uh, it feels like the whole world is crumbling around you. Uh, it's not. There will be, and uh, all indications are, even with the draft and the NFL announcing that, guys, we're going forward with the draft at the end of April. We're about a month away here, right, the 23rd to the 25th going on, nothing is changing, and even Roger Goodell uh, talked about, you know, that at this particular point, you know, it's full steam ahead for us that it really would be great uh, to give, even a month from now, and think about where we started, Dane, where we are now, uh, and where we might be in a month from now, if, uh, if it keeps trending and you remain optimistic and understand what we're doing here is all worth it in the end, uh, then, yeah, in a month from now, and that draft comes, we could be having a totally different discussion about the, the idea of the NFL not taking place. Could very well be just a, a, uh, a ridiculous, crazy thought going, wow, did you think we actually thought the NFL wouldn't play this year? Uh, in a month, a lot can happen. 48 hours, a lot can happen. But the NFL is saying, we're going ahead, and you know what? The country needs... least a couple of days a pretty good distraction there and we know the draft certainly will provide that
0: yeah sports are always a distraction or something that people come to to gather as part of our culture and joe you know the idea of these things changing so quickly you know Mm. a week ago where were we what might it look like a week from now joe let me remind you Mm -hmm. technically should be in the middle of the Sweet 16 right now. <laughs>
1: Don't get me started. Yes, I know. Yes, baseball—we already first pitched. We would have had this past week.
0: You know, so it's it's very interesting, but hopefully people are taking it seriously yeah. and looking forward to what might happen. I think when it does eventually come back, television ratings will boom, sports investing will boom because everybody's going to be itching for it. And I
1: do think, and I and I think it's realistic to to think, guys, that it's. You know, the world as we know it is never going to be the same. Certainly our sports world is never going to be the same. There's still a lot of uh, things that need to be figured out uh, and what will change as far as injuries and who's got, you know, we, we've talked about it, that Michael Jordan flu game, Willis those types of things are probably a thing of the past. Um, so there are things that a lot of folks have to be able to figure out who are in charge of these leagues. I also think that the idea of fans in stadiums Probably, I don't think, I think we'll have to be in the summer before we think, let's say things start kicking up in in May again. Uh, I don't see fans in stadiums in June, but if uh, if officials are correct and everything keeps pointing to, obviously, the summer months being much harder for the spread of the virus uh, with the heat and humidity around the country, then you know what? July, the earliest, I think, that we might see some semblance of Fans being allowed into arenas, and and that's okay. And and I think, given just a couple of weeks ago, the idea of playing with no fans, like, oh, God, who wants it? And now it's like, I'm all right with that. July, I'm good with July, Dane. I'm good with the ability of uh, not being able to go in person to see the team until July. I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, and, like, you know, we're learning more and more. I remind you of a few weeks ago when LeBron was like, I ain't playing Yeah. 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 Now, I think he accepts the new reality that as an interim step, he's going to be playing in empty arenas. You know what? What they could do is turn it into a soundstage, Joe. More cameras, more microphones. Right. Like uh, we're starting to see that with the XFL and other sports. Like if there's no fans, it's an opportunity for it to be produced. That's correct. more um interesting way with more cameras more mics mic'd up to try and give the fans a different kind of experience even if they're watching it on tv
1: and uh listen we uh we talked about it dane and uh since day one of this uh this all this craziness we have said that uh we promise you this is going to get better we have been through way worse than this in this country many of us though of course uh weren't born during some of those uh times but uh believe it or not there was a uh, era in this country where you know professional players actually uh served oh, in wars um and cut their years short um there isn't an enemy i don't think we can't beat and i think collectively we have shown in this country while many people might have their differences favorite teams of course politics whatever it is uh, the reality is we're all in this together aren't we we are literally all on the same team. And I think this has been a, uh, a good reminder that you may like the Red Sox, I may like the Yankees, which we do, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, just sports, guys, it's just sports. And they will be back. So a uh, pretty good eye-opener there. I hope uh, some people realize what this has shown as a society of us all here, sports fans, betters. we're all in it together at the end of the day. And Dane and I'll be back, and when we are, We're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the latest NFL news, including what could be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL Mm. ever. Mm. We'll talk about that coming up next year. It is The Grid, sportsgrid.com. It is the early line. Be back after this.
2: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome back into the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri and Ari Dave Martinez here for you as we uh, continue to push along. And uh, if you're just joining us, a couple of things uh that are going on in the nfl we'll touch base with that now some headlines across the board including uh an understanding now that the draft the nfl draft will in fact uh, take place the 23rd through the 25th of next month just about a month away now what's that i said yep it is that oh all right that was good now i (laughs) was there you gotta love that everybody in the world using uh, social media and a lot of people right now. Somebody was worried, and I was laughing. Day, and somebody the other day was like, "Oh my God, the internet's gonna break!" Like, no, you know, right the internet's not gonna break. Like, the internet is is kind of in. You can. There are a lot of. Sh- it ain't gonna break. The, there's oh, servers and uh, those types of things is dead. But the internet's gonna be uh, just fine. That we're all home using it right now. Not a big deal. Uh, but and I think that's why Roger Goodell and company. Uh, have uh, have decided that you know what this is something that is is good for the country and I agree I think it is a uh, a needed distraction I think is how he quoted it and said it in his uh, announcement that the draft will move forward still not a lot of indication on how it's going to happen Dane or or the mechanics of it all but knowing the NFL and knowing the stakes are Are pretty high given the fact that even if you don't like the NFL you're probably gonna watch the draft at least the first round there's gonna be a lot of people interested in it so um, they'll do it right they'll figure out something in order to be able to make it right along with anybody who's gonna get drafted you know and we should let's think about the kids that are about to get drafted and and embark on their professional careers too Um, you know it's been a howering time for them so you know pushing it out any longer It's, I agree, you can do it, you can do it safely, you can still protect everybody. We don't know what the situation's gonna be, obviously, in 30 days from now. If it is trending in the direction we hope it is, then there will be, this'll be a great sense of normalcy heading into, of course, uh, you know, May, and then hopefully we'll start seeing some sports coming back, but I'm all for the draft taking place in a month from now, Uh, get it going and let's have some fun with it over the next couple of weeks trying to figure out how do we make some money, who's going where and what. And, you know, that will really be something I think that's going to be a lot of fun to discuss now over the next 30 days. Now that we know it's 30 days, like it, hate it, whatever, it's going to happen. So it gives us an opportunity, Dane, to be able to dive into some of these prop bets and some of these bets who, what, where, and how. And uh, it'll be a lot of action for the first time for people who have not had a chance to uh, be able to invest in anything at this point
0: yeah absolutely you know the draft market is a market in sports investing like anything else and i agree with you joe of course the nfl draft could go on as scheduled right Where we got webcams we got zoom and skype and there's ways to kind of have it posted in all 32 team war rooms right correct Get, you know a couple of the, the the 20 top guys who would have been in the green room at the arena anyway, and you get them set up to be able to be interviewed whenever right. their name is called you know and I so I do think that's going to happen. you know what I think is funny, Joe usually this draft happens over like three days right that's and correct. Saturday by the time we hit Saturday, um, a lot of people are gone, much like your picture right now, Joe is gone you know a lot of people. <laughs> Up not watching date three of the draft right you know what I mean but now those rounds four through seven people are going to be locked and tuned in to the eight hour 12 hour television show that is the NFL draft and there's ways to make money off of it and we've said it before Joe rounds three through seven that's where teams really when they strike it you know fill out the 53-man roster and get good starters. If you can hit in rounds four and five and get someone who's ultimately a four-year starter for your team, that's how you win the draft, okay? Rounds one and two, sure, you better get someone who can be an impact, but the teams that really do fill out their roster, get good depth, get guys that fit their scheme in the third day of the draft where we'll all be watching, those are the teams that kind of have the arrow pointing up.
1: Yeah, now they, uh, they will, and I know you can't see me, but obviously uh, we're working to get that back uh, there, Dane. But a couple of headlines here that, uh, that we witnessed over the last uh, few days. I thought one of the interesting headlines was with Bruce Arians and the idea that uh, we were going to go ahead and get uh, Antonio Brown reunion of sorts with Tom Brady. I think Bruce Arians was pretty eloquent in his fact of saying, yeah, that ain't happening here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and first of all, we thought this was a, a possibility because of all the buzz and all the rumors about how the relationship of Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, right? Yeah. And so he was like, you know, staying at his house, eating dinner with Giselle and all that stuff. But when you think about it, I don't think it's a good fit either. All right? You already have Mike Evans. You already have Chris Godwin who are ascending wide receivers. And this will only complicate matters, right? And I don't want, if I was Bruce Arians, I wouldn't want it either. And the thing is, Bruce Arians is one of the few coaches in the NFL, Joe, who have the ability to very, you know, like speak plainly, speak the players language, that sort of thing. And so he don't give a damn. He can come out and be like, yeah, he ain't a fit. It ain't happening. And if anybody wants to talk about it, come see me. You know, he's got that that clout uh, among players and among coaches that he can speak plainly. I agree. It wasn't a good fit anyway, um, so we can move on from that rumor.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I do think that, uh, listen, the question is, Dave, will he be back? Do you think Antonio Brown will be on a NFL team this year?
0: Well, first of all, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but the NFL still hasn't completely come out and, and, and given us any insight as to his eligibility. Right. right? Exactly. And so, you know, that's, a, that's a, something to put it on the no side. I don't know. I don't know, especially with Antonio Brown. You know, he's going to have to go into a facility and convince a front office, convince a head coach, right, that he's, you know, kind of able to walk the straight and narrow. And here, we don't have time for that, right? In this time, we don't have uh, players traveling to team facilities, getting their physicals, meeting coaches. So I think it will be a very... Uh, far stretch for Antonio Brown to latch on. To be quite honest, if I had my druthers, I'd much rather take a chance on Josh Gordon than Antonio Brown.
1: Yeah, and you know Josh Gordon is absolutely, uh, he's going to be back, uh, I do, I think. And he's been actually pretty adamant about uh, coming back and being ready to go. And I think that would be fantastic for him. I think if Seattle is the landing spot, I think that'll be great. Uh, You know, so there are still a couple of big names out there. Obviously, Jamison Cam uh, are two of the names quarterback-wise that we're trying to figure out what's going on. But it was an interesting story busting from Ed Water out of Dallas about the Cowboys making uh, Dak Prescott uh, the highest-paid quarterback uh, that they are on the precipice of doing that, making Dak Prescott the single highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. We're talking 35-plus a year. You're talking 20 a year for Amari Cooper. You'll be talking 15 a year for Zach. That's 70 million in three offensive players there, Dane. Do you like the move? Do you like it or do you hate it?
0: I do not like it. I've said this before, Joe. We've talked a lot about the Los Angeles Rams Mm -hmm. and how they were throwing out money and then the financial wall started closing in, right? We talked about Todd Gurley. They gave money to, because they thought he'd be an elite running back for the foreseeable future, look what happened. Yep. You know, you talk about the money that the Rams dedicated to the wide receiver position, Joe, you know, with uh, Woods and uh, Cooks, you know, and, and then bringing in uh, Cup as well. And I don't know that that's the smart thing, right? And then when you, for the Rams, put like $130 million in a quarterback who was not necessarily an elite quarterback, but someone who you thought could get it done. Mm. Now the Cowboys are about to do the same thing to Dak Prescott, right, and pay him. And I wonder, you know, you kind of, you know the saying, Joe, you rob Peter to pay Paul, right? And so when you have all of that cap space locked up in your triplet, your quarterback, your mm. wide receiver, and your running back, what does that mean to address the defensive side of the ball, right, where Sean Lee and Leighton Vanderesh Esch are injured all the time? You let Byron Jones walk. You oh, let Bob- <laughs> Yep. Off. hey and this offensive line which is thought of as the best in football a mere few years ago now is starting to get older now it's starting to get injury plagued now we have people retiring off that line so it's not like this is the only thing you address and I gotta tell you the truth Joe over at FanDuel right now they have odds for the divisions and when I look to the NFC East I see the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles as co-favorites really in- Vision at plus 125. And I'll tell you right now, I, I like what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing far better right. than what the Dallas Cowboys are doing. Remember, they even locked up Carson Wentz. They have addressed their secondary needs, right? Nikhil Roby Coleman signing yep. league, yep. for Darius Slay. I think the Eagles are going about it in a much smarter way than the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that'll put them in the Catbird seat in the NFC East, not only this year, but in the few years to come.
1: I agree with you 100%. I just, I, it's a, I don't know if these two things can be, I guess two things can be the same like this, Dane. I think if I'm Jerry Jones, it's a smart decision because of the fact that you're not going to get quarterbacks on. You're certainly not going to get a quarterback. Is he a lead? No. No. Um, But is the payment really a reflection of being a lead anyway in the NFL or is it a matter of market? And I, you know, so I think it's smart to lock up a guy that, listen, you've already been on at this particular point. You got four or five years for him at at a cheap price. You weren't able to capitalize. And I do think, you know, that's the bigger issue here if I'm a Cowboys fan is that we had what every franchise in the NFL would love to have. We had a stacked roster, right, and a quarterback that we picked in the fourth round that we were paying peanuts for. (laughs) And a running back, we were paying peanuts for it. Like you had all all of that going for you. You built the best offensive line and you weren't able to get the job done. To me, that's the failure. It's not a reflection of Dak. I think it's a reflection of just they missed the boat. They had one of the best opportunities and they weren't able to get it, Dane. And I think history will reflect and say, my word, how did they not? I mean, he's won one playoff game, that being Dak Prescott. And you're about to pay him 35 million. Because, Dane, what choice do they have?
0: I know. I hear you, right? It's like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. I get that. And you're right. You know, they had a third-round quarterback. That allows them to pay everyone else. Yep. That window is open. Look, the Seattle Seahawks got it yep. done. The same exact window being open, right? When Russell Wilson was on that rookie contract, they were able to pay the entire Legion of Boom and Michael Bennett yep. and A.J. Wright and all those guys then when Russell needed his money, deservingly so, right? Then you allocate that part of the pie to just the quarterback position as you saw the defense had to start casting aside some of their stalwarts. Here's the other reason, though, Joe, that I don't know that I love this move in a long-term way for Dallas and Dak. Dallas has a new head coach this year, Mm. Joe, okay? And so maybe they'll they'll, uh, work well together, You know, maybe Dak will be a perfect fit for what McCarthy wants to do on offense, but I don't know that yet. You know, it's very interesting. Sometimes the GMs, the head coaches and the players are on different kind of schedules. And I think that's at play here in Dallas. Also, we don't know how Dak meshes with McCarthy. And I don't know if I want to make a long term commitment to the quarterback when my new head coach, you know, hasn't really had an opportunity to even have practices or OTAs or even team meetings with the guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's an impossible situation. It's a self-made impossible situation here. But you've kind of – you're at a point now where there is no saving – there's nothing on the market right now that is better, that yeah. you're going to be able to get it better than Dak Prescott, right? He's been there. He's done that. You've got to invest, we know, with at least a quarterback. Now, you paid Amari. Got it, had to do it, right? You know, the bill came due with uh, Zeke last year. Had to pay him, get it. You know, unfortunately, uh, you, it's a smart move from the standpoint is the alternative was let him walk and you ain't, you just, it's not available. Um, So your best shot as a Dallas Cowboy uh, and as a Dallas Cowboy fan would would look at this. Yes, the number is crazy. It's going to hurt you moving forward, having 70 million wrapped up. You got just under 200 million as a as a cap, guys. Right, so 70 million tied up with three players is going to limit in what you can do in other places. You better be really good at the draft. You better be really good, uh, Mike McCarthy, from the standpoint of getting guys that get kicked to the curb like Belichick and right. putting them in a position to be able to be good. All of that, your window of opportunity now is is shrinking. You'll still have the Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and obviously Michael Irvin of the Dallas days in the past. That's yep. basically what you've got here. Um, can they make it work? I say smart from the standpoint of, yes, yeah, you have to do it. I get it. You know, you, It's smart to keep him, but it's unfortunately uh, a Jerry Jones issue here. You backed yourself into this position. Now you have to pay him because the alternative is basically, you can't spend 20 million on your receiver, 15 on, uh, on, your, on your running back and then have to go searching for journeyman, quarterback, or you, you just can't do it. So hopefully for Cowboys fans, I hope Dak takes that next step. I hope Mike McCarthy is the way to do it. I do think a lot of people look at Dak and say, yeah, Jason Garrett, like, like, you know, give him cut him some slack. I think it won't take long before we figure it out.
0: Yeah, I think that is fair. But as you mentioned, having about a third of your money tied up in three places, I don't care if it's the running back, the quarterback, and the okay. wide.
2: You know, you're
0: going to you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yep. And I wonder if it'll work. You combine that with a new head coach and an improving division. Yep. And I talked about the division odds, but the Dallas Cowboys win total this season. Mm-hmm. just surprised by this. And I might have to click submit. It is nine and a half, Joe. Yep. Okay, on FanDuel. So that means you think they are winning double digits. I don't. In this, in this context with some of the unanswered questions. And Joe, I can get not under nine and a half wins at plus money right now on FanDuel. So if you are confident in the Cowboys, go ahead and bet them over nine and a half. But if you have some reservations like I do, you in these sheltering times can earn a little bit of extra cash. They're talking about a stimulus package in the government. Joe, we're here on the grid uh, giving you the edge for a stimulus package of your own. I'm saying, I don't know. I might go under nine and a half.
1: You know what it is that I, uh, if we're talking two, three years down the road, to me it's a fade, but. You know, having that kind of – they're still okay in the immediate future. They've locked up key defensive pieces there. Um, if they're going to make a run for it uh, and the playoffs are going to happen, it's got to happen this year. A down Washington Redskins, new coach, new everything, unsure quarterback, uh, new coach, new everything with the Giants. We'll talk more about this coming up and that number, uh, that win total with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll do it next year on The Early Line, sportsgrid.com All right, welcome back into The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri and Dane Martinez here with you as uh, we continue the conversation, some of the headlines in and around the NFL. We do know for a fact that we will have a draft, and that is uh, always fun and exciting to know. And it's also (laughs) pretty valuable to some teams here this year, Dane. Yeah. Uh, This is a very important draft in a lot of ways to a lot of teams. So it's going to be extremely important that some of these teams nail this. Other teams that had hit the reset button recently um, have put themselves in a position to dominate the draft, at least the next couple. The Raiders continue. Uh, the Dolphins also continue down that path. So it's not just franchise quarterbacks. It's about there are some franchises that hit the reset button, and you've got all of these draft assets. You've got to nail it. Yeah, you've got to nail it, um, and it's important. Washington Redskins also reset kind of situation. We'll get to them in a minute, but we were talking about the Cowboys, and Ed Warder reporting that Dak uh, Prescott is going to be made the highest-paid quarterback in the history of the NFL, looking like thirty-five plus million dollars, twenty million already to Omari, fifteen million already Dane to uh, uh, to Zeke, so that's seventy million tied up. Their win total, you had mentioned, was nine and a half. And I I think it's really going to start to hurt the Cowboys in a couple of years from now, obviously. But you got three guys you just paid in their prime. And the three arguably most important guys to that offense right there. Offensive line, still very good, got some depth. The defense, still good. New coach, new system, new philosophy, new breath uh, of fresh air maybe. Um, and they're going into a season where the Giants, I don't know what the hell we're going to get from the special teams head coach there that you've got now. Uh, Daniel Jones, and, uh, you know, of course, uh, they've got the the running back of all running backs, but again, not sold on the offensive line. A lot of question marks on the Giants. ton of question marks on the Redskins this year. It Apparently, um, Haskins not necessarily... Uh, The future as uh, as one would think of the Washington Redskins because he's already said it Ron Rivera's come out and said He's gonna they're gonna you know, he expects Kyle Allen We brought him in here to be a starting quarterback and to compete for that job So nothing is being handed and promised and again first round draft pick last year now All of a sudden your new coach is telling you this ain't your job dude like you're gonna have to compete Um, that tells you everything you need to know about what Ron Rivera thinks about Washington. I think they'll be competitive. I think the Eagles are still going to be the top team in there, but when you look at it uh, and you've got two teams that you are better than, period, and they are, you know, that's four wins, let's say, there. I I do think the number is about right, and I I think they gotta win 11 games this year. I think you gotta win 11 games in order to win that division. It's not like they don't have the players. If they stay healthy, Dallas right now is currently constructed, is a pretty darn good team.
0: You know, I, I can't go all the way that way, Joe. I really can't. You know, and I, I understand when you talk about the triplets, right? And they now have them in place with Dak, Amari, and Zeke. I ain't mad at that at all. But, you know, I think in this free agent period, sometimes people don't pay as close attention to those second-tier positions, right? So the fact that they lost cornerback Byron Jones mm-hmm. I hurts them. The yeah. fact that they lost their leading sack uh, getter from the last year, Robert Quinn, I think that hurts them. Now, they still have Lawrence, right? And it looks like they've made some moves on the defensive front. They signed Gerald McCoy. They signed Don Terry Poe recently. But those guys are stuffers in the middle. That's not getting pressure necessarily mm-hmm. on the quarterback. And we say it all the time, Joe. What do you got to do now in this day and age on defense? You got to rush the passer, yep. and you got to have people that can cover. And they, they lost their best two players that were able to do so. Yep. I said, I, I instead really think this is an opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles to take advantage. Joe mm-hmm. gave the Cowboys four wins in that division, sweeping the Giants, sweeping the Washington football team. Yep. I don't know that that happens. What I do know is that the Philadelphia Eagles, though, are the only team in that division yep. that will not have a new head coach for the 2026. 2020- mm-hmm. And especially now when teams are sheltered in place, not able to work out together, things of that nature, I truly believe that consistency, familiarity, just keeping the gravy train rolling like we're doing with the content train here on Sports Grid, right. I think that is going to be paramount for teams this year. And I just think Dallas has a lot of turnover at the coach level, at some of the key positions. I'm not sold on the Cowboys as much as you are.
1: Yeah, it's uh, – you know what it is? I just – I think the number is where it is. And I think that window now, is this is it, guys. You've got to make the run this year because they're only going to continue to get older and those paychecks are going to stay the same. So um, they've done a really good job defensively over the years of, of drafting and, and cultivating talent. I will give them that, but it's all different, guys. Everything is different now on the Cowboys. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what goes on. I thought the guy that they let go, And, uh, you know, they happen to have uh, some pretty good cornerbacks on that team in in Dallas. So while losing Jones was – Byron Jones was tough, um, you know, he came out this week and said it wasn't about the money, guys. You know, because a lot of people are just assuming that, yeah, basically they couldn't sign you and sign Dak and Amar. Like, they just – you know, somebody had to go you were it. And he's like, you know, that really wasn't – that wasn't it. You know, that team is going to be fine. He was just – and I thought this was interesting – he was blown away with Brian Flores and what Miami is doing and he wanted to be a part of something that and listen Dallas could weigh on you you know what i mean if your expectations are always up here and everything you do after that is a disappointment he can run on a guy and he said that i wanted to be a part of what they're building here in Miami you know having Xavier Howard on the other side being a part of that is going to be great but you know he's he's going to go to a 6 win team versus you know, uh, a team that should win, double did, at least, you know, that's what the bookmakers want us to believe. They're going to be running for the playoffs. And he chose, he could have stayed for a little less money. You know what I mean? But he's like, I just want to be a part of something that we're building and that is starting from the ground up. Good for you, but I do think it says a lot about Brian Flores and what's happening here in Miami moving forward.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. Miami has spent a ton of money. You mentioned the draft capital that they <sighs> had. And yep. park to look like. When you tank for a year or right. two, right? that's exactly what it's supposed to look like. They cast the guys aside. Yep. They got the draft capital. They, 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 they took all the money off their books. They broke it down so they could build it back up. And that's part of what we're seeing. As it relates to Dallas, though, you know, you talk about Byron Jones going over there, mm-hmm. uh, going over to Miami. I got a question for you, Joe. Yeah. You know, we've talked, this, we've talked about this in Tampa. Mm-hmm. right where tom brady likes to do versus what bruce arians likes to do and right. how that mesh and how good coaches don't just try to ram their scheme and make it be a triangle peg in a square amen. hole. amen yep so let me ask you about dallas because everything we've seen with mccarthy in green mm-hmm. bay right right he didn't leverage a workhorse three down running back that's correct you know, i mean yep. so But now you have one, Joe. Yes. Now you have one that you have committed to, paid, and by all accounts is one of the top three running backs in the entire NFL is paid. He's already on your books. So logic would say you better use him, right? That feed Zeke that they talk about all the time. correct. That's not necessarily what McCarthy is used to right yep. so two-part question for you joe does mccarthy evolve and you know hand the ball off more become a little bit more of a run-heavy team like the cowboys have been in years past yep. but if that's the case why the hell are you paying amari cooper that money
1: i it's a great question and, and it, it is one of the biggest question marks around dallas this year i'm of the personal belief that a year away kind of really helps you see things in a different light, especially, and, I, and whether it's the NFL or it's life in general, sometimes, you know, you're at that job too long, you're at that, you know, that place too long, it's just relationship, just, uh, you know, sometimes a year away, separation from it, being able to distance yourself and not be in it, you can't see the forest from the trees. It's a great saying, it's cliche. And really, everything out of McCarthy's mouth, when he was let go from uh, Green Bay and all of last year, um, he had that, a couple of guys either go, screw all you, I'm done anyway, I can't handle this, you know, I'll go coach college or something like that. But, you know, he really did, to me, and I watched a lot of his interviews, read a lot of his comments, he went to work. Like, he's like, all right, I'm seeing things now, being away from the game, that I didn't see, and I didn't have time, I didn't realize. You know, Aaron Rodgers aside here, guys, yeah, when you're so fixated, you kind of don't get to see the game as a whole. I think he did. I, I think that renewed interest in analytics, I think that um, that ability of not being the it's my way or the highway guy, obviously, uh, was something that stuck out to him. So knowing it, seeing it, implementing it, two different things. I do think it's the biggest question mark. If he can, I still think Mike McCarthy is one of the better coaches in the NFL. I think he's great offensive mind. Um, can he evolve his game? Uh, and that's really the difference between winners and losers. Don't forget, guys, Belichick sucked in Cleveland, all right? It, it wasn't great. It wasn't Belichick when, when in Cleveland. I had to leave Cleveland in order to be able to grow. And, yes, even Belichick grew every year. He didn't just drop into this planet, and and be the build, the greatest of all time. There's got to be a an evolving situation here. And I think we'll see. Uh, I, I have confidence in it because I think that year away did it. That was the problem I had with the Jets coach. You get wow. fired in Miami, and now three weeks later, you're at a Jets head, you, haven't, you didn't have any time to get away from the damn thing and get some perspective. And that of course is what uh, worries me most about him.
0: Yeah, we've seen that before, right? Even a guy like Gruden, yes. the way was yes, like- Yes, 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 great point. You know, yep, great point, I yep. Know and it's interesting. I mean, we will see if that kind of evolution, but I'm excited to see how all the puzzles fit together yep. for the Cowboys. And one other thing to note, remember, whenever we do play NFL football uh, this year, Joe, right. seven teams in the NFC will make the playoffs instead of just six. That's correct. The conference odds over on FanDuel right now, the Cowboys are 9-1 to one to win the NFC, right. they are tied for the fourth or fifth choice with teams like Philly, and they are inside the top seven, yep. shall we say, in terms of odds in the NFC. I personally would favor a team or two that are outside the top seven. For example, Joe, mm-hmm. the Cowboys are the fifth choice at 9-1, outside of the top seven,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the Minnesota Vikings at 12-1. to one. I would personally lean and put my money more on Minnesota than Dallas. Right. Uh, um, The Packers are in the same kind of boat. I would lean Green Bay, but I think they are going to be a fringe contender if it all works out and it kind of makes beautiful music together in a new way. Yes,
1: and a lot of these teams, that draft is going to be ever important here coming up in 30 days, guys, Uh, and it's going to take shape, and there is an absolute opportunity uh, for some of these teams to and there are a lot of teams, it's amazing, Dane, in the NFL. There are a team a couple of pieces away from being that seven team. You know, there's obviously now when you're looking at the playoffs, right, expanded playoffs, it's going to be interesting. Extra game eventually, extended playoffs. There are, I think, and we talked about it last year a lot. You had mentioned it, that that race away from the middle. Yes. Um, there, There are a lot of teams in that middle that they're not, They really are. They're not that far away, you know what I mean? They're a couple of players away, uh, maybe a coaching philosophy away. There's so much change in the NFL this year. Um, uh, You know, everyone said about parity. It's all parity. Well, there's still some of the haves and the have-nots. But I I think this year we're going to see maybe a couple of those teams that have been middling for so long, if they can take the next step and get a couple of players in the draft that really give them some depth, I— You know, all of a sudden, we're going to be talking, and I think the NFL has done that for years, Dan, where, you know, hey, guys, uh, four of the six teams aren't going to be there that were in the playoffs the year before. You know, Uh, we watch it all the time. Um, I I think there could be a new crop and a uh, kind of an outlier or two this year that makes some noise because they do well in this draft and because, really, people overlook them.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. So as I look at the NFC uh, conference odds, For example, I told you about, you know, those kind of mid-level teams that are between, oh, say, 10 and 20 to 1. But if you go lower, Joe, I want to pose it to you, okay? Because if we want to take more of a flyer, I think there are two teams that are um, either can take a leap because it's like the second year with the kind of brain trust together. Or maybe one of these new uh, front office coach quarterback combinations take the league by storm. Would you lean? What about... Say, for example, the Arizona Cardinals at 24-1. Second year with Kingsbury and Murray. Yep. They get a DeAndre Hopkins, if you remember. Mm-hmm. They're very happy with Kenyon Drake to kind of be their new running back. And maybe they evolve. You talk mm-hmm. about the evolution, right? Yep. We think that McVay uh, is no longer the boy wonder kid out there in the NFC West. So I'm intrigued by the Cardinals at 24-1. to 1. And then, Joe, I know a team that you kind of like. The Carolina Panthers are at thirty-one to one. Mm-hmm. Could yep. Rule and Brady and Teddy Bridgewater be a combination that takes it all by storm? I think there's possibility for that. So for me, instead of taking the value of like nine or ten to one for a team like Dallas, I'm gonna shoot for the moon and and look for the Cardinals at twenty-four to one or the Panthers at thirty-one to one. Yep. You like the long shots in the NFC, Joe?
1: Yeah, you know what it is, I. Some of the, the teams you just mentioned there, Carolina, the new head coaches or the newer head coaches. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm fearful of, I got to worry now about the coaches as well as I got to worry about some of these new players. And okay. sometimes you can have all the talent in the world and, not, and screw it up beyond screw it up. So I, I think Kingsbury's on the right track. I, I think he's got to, he's still got to go through that learning curve as well where don't get in the way, don't screw it up. Don't be the smartest guy in the field. I don't know. What, listen, you were good at Baylor. That doesn't mean you're going to translate into the NFL. I'm looking more along the lines where I think the Raiders finally take that step. Uh, teams that, you know, what they, they've paid their dues over the last couple of years. I think uh, Cleveland. Um, I think if, if Cleveland can put it together, if that new breath of fresh air and everything that we're reading and seeing is it's a new dawn, it's a new time. They have adult in the room. The fact that I haven't heard from Baker Mayfield yet has been fantastic. So I do, I, I look to Cleveland uh, being good. I like the Raiders making uh, you know, making some noise. Some of those teams that have had the players, they've, they keep evolving, and I think Gruden is one of them. I think the Raiders could be a dark horse this year, and we know Kansas City in the fallout, and uh, we got about 20 seconds here, Dane. You like Kansas City to repeat?
0: Ah, eh, that's hard. You know, I was thinking about NFC teams. I'm on Cleveland as well. They have an adult in the room. Yeah. They built and they're going for offensive linemen. And maybe Baker can take a step. You know, with some actual coaching. Yeah,
1: I love it. Buffalo. I think there's some teams yeah. that are going to make some noise here uh, this year. But good news is we got plenty of time to go over it. So uh, on behalf of Dane Martinez, I'm Joe Ranieri. Uh, enjoy your week. Of course, uh, we'll be back again and uh, we'll start breaking down this draft.